So how good is your response process when customers call in, visit you, email you, message you? That's what we're going to look at in this episode of the Sales and Presentation Podcast. Welcome to the Sales and Presentation Podcast. This is the podcast for businesses and individuals who want to transform their sales activity, deliver awesome presentations and win more sales pitches. And now, here is your host, Trevor Lee. Welcome, everybody, to episode 66 of the Sales and Presentation Podcast. My name is Trevor Lee, and I'm here every week to share with you top tips and ideas for transforming your sales, delivering awesome presentations, and winning more sales pitches. Now, I'm also recording all the podcasts, and they are going to they are available on YouTube. And each podcast will be available will be accompanied by some slides, so you can kind of watch the uh, watch the message that I'm delivering in a slide voiceover format with me tucked away in the top corner. And clearly, you can listen to it on the podcast as well. So there we go. We're opening up the different opportunities that you can download all the tips and ideas that I want to share with you. So in this week's episode, we're talking about being responsive because, you know, when you get a call or when you get an email or someone visits you either at your premises or at a show, it really is a golden opportunity, isn't it? Because you're having to spend a lot of time these days trying to attract customers. You know, you're doing a lot of marketing, I'm sure. And it's very hard to know whether your marketing is really working, isn't it? And there are tons and tons of places that you can actually do marketing. And there are tons and tons of people out there who are keen to help you do that marketing. And of course, whenever you do marketing, you're going to offer, or ideally you should be offering, contact mechanisms, advising people how you want them to get in touch with you. And usually most companies will put loads on there phone this number, phone this mobile number, here's the email address, here's the website form you can fill in, send us you know, messages on social media, all sorts of channels. So why is it important that when people do make contact with you, that you really have a very slick operation and you'd handle that inquiry really, really well? Well, let's reflect on where we are at the moment in terms of the buying cycle. And this is the steps that people are now taking before they buy a product or service. And think about this for your your daily life as well, because I'm sure you will have experienced using this buying cycle. So it comes in six steps, really. It's the need, the research, the evaluation, the decision, confirmation, and then buying whatever it is you're after. So imagine, um, I mean, it's a lovely summer's day while I'm recording this and I'm, I'm looking out my office window and realizing that I need to cut my grass. And actually, fortunately, my lawnmower is OK. But supposing it wasn't, supposing I go into the shed and, you know, the lawnmower isn't working. So my need is to, uh, well, twofold, really, either get a new lawnmower or get the current one fixed. So the second step then after I've identified that need, of course, is that research stage. And at the research stage, that's when I'm going to be reading reviews and asking my neighbor and doing Google searches and all that sort of stuff and and really deciding which way I need to go. Do I buy a new one or do I, you know, get this one repaired? And that's where the evaluation stage comes in, where I can, you know, I'm weighing it all up. So let's suppose I decide to get it repaired. 
So I've now got two or three options probably in my local area of repair people who are going to sort my lawnmower out. So again, I probably revisit, I check the reviews, I look at their websites, and then I make a decision and I get in touch with one of them. And I either turn up or I call them. And then the confirmation stage really is me just, me, have I made the right decision? That's the confirmation stage. So it's the way you deal with me when I call you or I text you or I email you or I come in and see you. That's when I'm deciding if I've made the right choice. So how important is that actually? Well, it's, it's, it's pretty important because it's now reckoned that around 70% of those buying decisions are being made before any contact with the company. So seven out of 10 people who've got a, uh, need a lawnmower repairing are doing all that research before they actually ring anybody up or contact anybody or go and see them and ask them about lawnmower repairs. So in that buying cycle, the most important stage as far as you're concerned as someone who is selling products and services is the confirmation stage. And that's why it's really crucial that you have a very robust response process. So the question I would ask you is, have you got a response process in your business? Or does, does it just happen? Do you just, you know, have you actually sat down and planned out what's going to happen when people get in touch? Businesses often have marketing plans. They have sales plans. But sometimes they very rarely have a response process plan. And you need everybody to buy into that response process plan because the first person who makes contact is really, really important. So let's have a think about all those different touch points that could happen. Well, you know, you've got people who visit you. Have you actually talked to your, your staff about customer greeting? If it's you personally, have you thought about that? Or do you just kind of make it up as it goes along? I mean, I'm not suggesting for one moment that you have a script or anything like that. So someone pops in your shop and you say, hang on a minute, just got to open the drawer, get the script out and then read the script out. But it's just the overall culture of what happens. I did some work for a builder's merchant a few years ago. Builder's merchants tend to be male orientated places. And they were a specialist builder's merchant. And like most builder's merchants, they had a group of regular customers. And the regular customers always banter going on over the counter and all this sort of stuff. But actually, what they were really missing out on was the people who walked in off the, off the street. They'd done a lot of marketing to try and attract people in. So we had to work on a culture process in terms of what happened to those people. Because what was happening was that, you know, there was a lot of banter going on with the regulars. And then the newcomers who'd wandered in off the street and, you know, gone over that threshold through the door were just left in there with nobody saying, oh, welcome, I'll be with you in a minute or catching their eye. Anything like that at all. No acknowledgement of their arrival until virtually it was their turn in the queue. So we had to sort that out. So think about that for you. You know, what happens when someone comes in? to your business. And similarly, you know, a lot of a lot of companies now invest in trade shows and events and exhibitions and being at conferences and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, again, you need a customer response plan. So what's going to happen when someone comes on your stand? How's that going to work? What are you going to offer them? Who's going to talk to them? What are you going to talk to them about? What information do you need to gather from them? So all those sort of things you need as part of your response plan. People, of course, will call you up. You know, you'll get two types of call. You'll get the uh, you'll get the call to the if you've got an office and you've got an office number on your marketing material, then that will call will come in. So what's going to happen to that call? But before we before we look at that, let's have a think about you know a lot of people now, especially small businesses and one man bands, use a mobile. I've only got a mobile as a point of contact from a phone point of view. 
So my question is, you know, nobody expects you necessarily to answer your mobile all the time because you will be working, you know, you'll be doing stuff where it's impossible for you to answer your phone. So the question is, what is your message on your answer phone? Can you write that down right now while you're listening to this podcast? Do you know what actually your answer phone message is? Or would you have to dial it in? Check it. It's really important that you've got a good answer phone message on your phone that's up to date. If it says I'll be back in February (laughs) and it happens, you know, you've got no reason to listen to your own message unless, of course, you are uh, dialing, you're checking it for what it says. You know, it doesn't come up in daily life. Only your customers hear your answer phone message. So check what it is. Make sure it's up to date. Similarly, if you're working inside the business, you're going to have, you know, internal transfers going on, aren't you? You need to speak to Frank. I'll put you through. So that sort of thing happens. So how does that work? You know, what happens when you get through to Frank? Does it just go through to if Frank's not there? Does the call just get put through to voicemail? How good is that any good? Don't forget, these people are giving you their time because they've made a conscious decision to contact you. So you have to appreciate that that's really, really important because if you end up having to ring them back, then it's you're then invading their time. So you've got to make the most of the fact they've made a decision to call you or come and see you or message you or something like that. So when you've got that internal call coming in and, you know, make sure you really respond to it well. So what's, you know, what happens if they go on hold? If they happen to go on hold, what happens then? Do you know what your on hold message or music is? Because for most organizations, it ain't great. And this is a prime opportunity, actually, uh, during this to uh, to mention a company that I'm doing some work with. They're called Voice Buddy. And Toby and Amy, they've been involved in in the podcast. And Amy's Amy's voice is what you hear at the beginning and the end of the podcast. But they run a great business. It's called Voice Buddy. And um, if you're looking at this in the presentation one, you can see it on the screen. If you listen to the podcast, look up voicebuddy.co.uk. They will sort out your on-hold message for you, either in a music or a voice way, but in a bespoke way. And it will be really good. Do that. After you listen to this podcast, I want you to do two things. Check your mobile answer phone message and your on-hold message as well if you're working in an organization you might find it interesting so get it sorted (laughs) right let's move on so what happens when you get an email or a social media message what's your speed of response like Because there's an expectation now that people respond quickly. And of course, you might be asked for a complicated proposal, but at least acknowledge the email and do, you know, make sure that that happens. And when you're in an organization, check out how your out of office system works, because that is really important. Because if uh, if you email me direct and I send you a I'll be out of the office for two weeks message, then that's not very helpful, is it? To me, great for you, you're away for two weeks, but not very helpful to me. So, you know, make sure that there's uh, some there's another option for me to get in touch. But again, you're having to ask me to get in touch. So much better if someone's checking your emails while you're away and not actually sending out an out-of-office message. That someone's going into your emails every couple of hours while you're away, checking them for you and responding on your behalf. Because out-of-office, you know, it kind of says, thanks for your email, but 
get lost. <laughs> well, not quite in those terms, but it's not quite the response we need. Much better. Wouldn't it be great if you had an out-of-office system? Here's an idea for a tech company out there. What we need is as soon as you put my name, you know, I put your name in the toolbar at the top. Before I press send, that's when I get the out-of-office message saying Trevor's not here for the next two weeks. That's what we need. Instead of me sending the email and then I get the out-of-office message. Come on, there must be a tech company out there somewhere who knows how to do this. Right, let's move on. So why is this speed of response, why is it really important and how should you deal with it? Well, of course, you know, don't forget, I've made all that effort to research your company before I've got in touch. So now when I do get in touch, this is really important. That is first impressions. And how long have you got to make a first impression? Well, I've been asking that at workshops over the last two or three years that I've been running. And I tell you what, the answer at the moment sits at around 10 seconds. That's the average that the audiences have been saying back to me. 10 seconds, that's not long, is it? You know, I won't count them down on the podcast, but if you think about it, it's not long. And that's what you've gone, that's the time you've got to make a first impression. So that means that one of the really important skills that everybody needs when it comes to this customer interaction in terms of first response are people skills. Because understanding, you know, people getting on with people is a really important part of business. You know, I've mentioned on previous podcasts, we live in this digital world, but people buy from people. <laughs> so, you know, don't forget that. It's a really important message. So, you know, everybody needs people skills, whether you're dealing with clients or third parties or colleagues. You need good people skills. And when you're working with clients in that first impression, you know, when I first talk to you or I first pick up the phone or I first greet you, Clearly, you know, it doesn't quite work the same for email because there's no real people live interaction, if you like. But what they're looking for, of course, is that they're, they're hoping that they, you know, they will find someone they like and someone they feel they can trust. And if you've only got 10 seconds to put yourself in that bracket, you really need to make sure you're very good at the way you greet the customer and you answer their, answer their telephone call. That's not long, is it? 10 seconds to build up a likability factor and a trust factor. And also, you need to think about what is it that the, you know, the caller wants? Well, you know, they're a buyer. They're a potential buyer. That's the reason probably they've rung you up. So let's, have a, let's just remind ourselves of the things that, you know, buyers want. Well, you know, usually they want help. They want some sort of advice. They want to make, they want choice as well, because I like as a buyer to make the decision. I don't really want you telling me, this is it, take it or leave it. And therefore, I want a bit of steerage from you. I want you to steer me towards what's right for me. But it's got to be right for me and not right for you. So don't sell me something that you need to sell that I you know, would be better off not buying. That's not going to be very helpful to me. So what else do we need to think about when we're having this first interaction with people? Well, you know, we need to try, and this is the people skills bit, we need to try and judge the pace and tone that me as the caller, me as the visitor wants to go at. If, if, I cut, if I call you up and I give the impression I'm in a hurry, I don't want you asking me about the time of day and where am I based, or I'm in Cornwall, or what, what's the weather like, and I've been there on my holidays and all that stuff. Okay? I don't want any of that nonsense. I just want to get to the point. But if I start to, you know, as the client, as the customer, if I start talking to you about all that, then, you know, you have to kind of, you know, go at my pace. But you might think this is too slow. So it's, you know, it's this kind of, um, uh, used to be called sort of body language mirroring. But what you, it's not that. But what you're trying to do is you're trying to adapt to the pace 
and really steer your customer, you know, to a pace that suits you both. So, and the tone also is important as well. You can judge by somebody's tone. You know, somebody may call you up and they say, oh, thank goodness for that. You're the fourth person, you know, the fourth time I've tried to get hold of your company. At last, someone to speak to. You know, and all the big organizations that have press one for this and press two for that find that find that difficult. In fact, that's a good question for you all. Have you got a press one, press two, press three, press four? And if so, why have you got one of those for goodness sake? Why? You know, okay, because you know, people use it to help us with your customer inquiry. And we, you know, what what is your reaction when you dial up a number and it goes press one, press two? <laughs> Do you think, oh God, I can't be doing with this? So if that's what you think, you know, why, why have you got it? Why has your company got it? Challenge it. Okay, if your company's got press one, press two, next time you go to a meeting or next time you're talking to somebody influential in your company, you may be the company influential person. Challenge it. Ask yourselves, why have you got press one, press two, press three? You know, why have you got that? Anyway, let's move on. Let's not get, I don't want to get too, too involved in that, but that's the third thing I want you to do. So check your answer phone message. Okay, was number one, and then number two was make sure you know you you are you are checking everything that comes in on the phone as well. So number one was the answer phone message. Number two was the on hold message. Number three is you know this thing about what's what happens with press one, press two, press three. Okay, and in all of this, of course, we're trying to make it very personal because I, as a caller, I've done all my research. I, as a visitor, I've done all my research. I want to feel as though I'm the most important person that you've seen or dealt with that day. So, you know, make sure that you, you know, you really treat everybody as an individual. And it's hard, isn't it? Because it might be 20 past five on a Thursday, and it's been a pretty poor week for you. And then suddenly you've got this enthusiastic caller on the phone and you just want to go home <laughs> but you've got to deal with them in the same way you would when you're bright and breezy you know first thing on a monday morning which i'm sure everyone listening to this podcast is always bright and breezy on a monday morning so here's a few tips then what are you going to do when you actually you know you what do you want then from the caller so here's a few things just to make sure that you don't waste this opportunity so first of all it's clear that you need to identify exactly what the caller wants and again, often this goes wrong because people are too casual about, you know, somebody mentions, a caller mentions something, you say, oh, yeah, we can sort that out. And actually, you haven't really dug down deep enough to find out exactly what they want because not all callers know what they want. Not everybody knows exactly what you've done the research, but they still might not know what you can offer them. So the way to do that is simply this. Ask precise questions. Make sure you get those clearly asked questions. And I, I've got a question grid, which I'll, uh, I could probably put on my website um, uh, as the uh, part of the show notes for this, okay, for this podcast. But it's in three sections, and it basically says three questions that you need to ask your customer, three questions they're likely to ask you, and three concerns they're going to have. It's a really good exercise to sit down with your colleagues and work out what the answers to all those are, because it helps you a, it helps you make sure you're ready to ask those precise questions and also it preempts what the customer might ask you. When you do ask questions, you need to make sure you listen really well to the answers. We're not all great listeners, are we? I hope you're a great listener because you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> this will test your listening skills to see how much you can remember from the podcast. But, you know, listen if you, you know, listen. It's really important. Make a few notes as you go along, ideally as well. But, you know, we, all, we are all sort of poor listeners because we start thinking about the next question or we start thinking about something else. 
And if you, you know, when the when you have asked the question, then give the customer a chance to tell you what the answer is. You know, we're all very good at interrupting, aren't we? Hands up, all of you who are good at interrupting. I'm sure most of you listening to this podcast are good at interrupting. Most people are. But try not to interrupt if you can. And when you have got the information, uh, you know, make sure you clarify and confirm what you've heard. Because, you know, there's a lot of assumptions made in businesses and, and it goes wrong because, you know, OK, I'll send you a proposal. And then you send their proposal and they come back to you or they don't come back to you. And um, and you chase them up and they say, well, actually, Trevor, that's not what I asked for. Oh, and, and that's because you didn't clarify. So my technique for clarification is always to say to somebody I'm having a sales conversation with. So just so I've got this right, am I thinking that what you're really asking me for is, you know, and that sort of, you know, that sort of line of questioning. So there we go, ladies and gentlemen. Um, we're coming towards the end of this podcast. So let me remind you, if you haven't got a response process, then get one organized and get the people involved who, are in, you know, who take those calls, who greet those customers, because they are key to your team. And very often they call people like receptionist, you know, and it feels like a low down job, but it's not anymore. Because if people have done that, you know, if 70% of those callers have done the research and they're ready to buy, the first person who picks up that call, it's absolutely vital that they get all of this right. And then the next person who they pass the call on to, it's absolutely vital they get the bit right. Because, you know, if people are, you know, calling you, it is that golden opportunity, isn't it? Because they've, you know, they've made, they've, they've probably looked at four or five people they could have called or visited and they've chosen you. So that means it's all lined up for you. You know, they've done the hard work for you, really. You've got to make sure that that, you know, that your that first 10 seconds when you're creating that first impression matches their expectation. It matches the build up that they've had when they've seen all the marketing messages about your company. And of course, what you're trying to do is you're trying to, you know, treat it like it's a relationship builder, not a transaction because it's really important in business to build relationships. Customer loyalty, the, 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 guy, the big guys say, is you know, on the wane. So you, know, you can't rely on customer loyalty, but you can look to build a long-term relationship. So think relationship, not transaction. Right, there we go. I hope that's given you some food for thought, everybody. I hope that's going to be really useful to you. So don't forget, if you want to download the podcast, it's available on iTunes. There are now, this is episode 66. So there are 65 previous episodes, all packed with top tips about presenting, about sales, about sales pitches, all that sort of stuff. So, you know, do subscribe. That would be great. Um, and uh, thank you very much for listening. Thank you for listening. The Sales and Presentation Podcast is a production of Trevor Lee Media. If your organization needs to transform its sales activity and re-energize its sales team, or you need help with a key presentation or sales pitch, then please get in touch with Trevor via trevor at trevorleemedia.co.uk or call him on 07785 If you enjoyed the podcast, please do leave a review on iTunes or via your podcast app. Thank you.